1: I pick up about four shits a day. Uh, every time she shits with Buzz, Buzz forgets where the shit is. So there is quite a lot of shit in the garden. She They're like loves pellets. Her. I love she her. She loves her. It's another side I'm of It's weird. Yeah, I'm quite shocked.
0: Yeah, it's very sweet.
1: I don't like what I've become. And she
0: loves you. She loves me. Yeah, but you and Frank made me watch her eat her <laughs> dog food. Like you, were, you both went, look at how quickly she eats that. And I'm standing there thinking... What the fuck has happened to you two? I'd like to stand there and watch her eat. I I can't
1: believe I'm (laughs) horrified that I've become one of those women I despise.
0: Welcome to I Wish I Was an Only Child with me, Rachel Mason. And me, Kathy Mason. Where we talk to other siblings about the dynamic of their relationship to see where we're going wrong.
1: Today, our guests are comedian Ivo Graham and his sister and fashion writer, Georgia. (laughs) Who's
2: the funniest?
3: Right... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that literally is the first question isn't it yeah. Um uh,
2: it's a hard one for you, isn't it? Because you have to say yes for the grounds of your career, but you also have to say no for the grounds of sort of familial relations, which I suppose is the point of this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. I
3: think, I, yeah, well, I... Maybe we
2: should talk about funny, like, wh- like what are the sub, like, sub-tweets like, of funny? Okay, so let, let's, like, do different categories.
3: Right, yes. Yeah, Let's. that's the most different <laughs> So professionally
2: way. funny that people will pay money for, obviously. If I one vote. of us
3: had to go and do 20 minutes of stand-up right now, you'd have to say I would be best suited to do it on account of my <laughs> quite extensive experience of doing doing that. But if someone had to go and just be lovely, charming, bubbly, witty company at a lunch right now, it would be you by a a hundred years. Okay,
2: I'm trying to work out what you want from me now. Do you agree with that? Um, Georgia, do you do I agree that? with that? I don't know. He sort of like um, bamboozled me slightly by being massively over complimentary, which I don't think is the point of this podcast. I think we're meant to like, oh, meant no, to I'm going to dig for some shit. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Um, okay. But yes, I would say uh, your comedy is more performative, whereas mine is more readily available in a conversational sense, but perhaps less suited to the <laughs> stage. But that being said, I haven't had an opportunity to try it on stage. So um, if you ever need a backup. You Thank you. very it. much. Have you ever wanted nice. to? Have I ever wanted to? No, I don't think so. I think is very brave. Um, I don't think that I... I've done different performative things in my life. I did, I worked as a model for like four and a half years, but oh. that's that's certainly not very, it's not very funny. It's not full of comedy. Although I did actually meet a producer who I'd worked with years ago and she goes, oh, I remember you, she was like, you're making dad jokes all day. And I was like, yes.
3: <laughs> I um, experienced the model world just so... Tangentially through sort of. I was occasionally... trying to
2: tell us about his modelling. No, sorry. I have no, I have no modelling <laughs> career.
3: But I occasionally met your friends who were in it, or even once came to stay with you and like came to a casting to uh, to wait with you for it. And I did get a sense it was a, it was it's quite a dry world. It is a dry it? world. It's, oh, it's is it so really
1: world. bad? Yeah.
3: I'd say it's the opposite of the. Quite naked desperation um, of, of the comedy world, and actually, you've described coming to things like the Soho Theatre as being like quite excruciating. Actually, because everyone is just performing in such an annoying way afterwards. You've you've actually said really quite firmly and urgently to me after a show, "Sorry, can we go somewhere else? Because I, I actually don't really enjoy this."
1: Like, really? <laughs> <Can't> so mean.
3: Be... <laughs> no, and I. It's been uh, like a lot of your. Uh, cutting truths. It's been things that I've kind of known and felt often in the, the same way about, but through a mixture of um, denial and just being more used to it, uh, it, it sort of it doesn't fuss me as much.
2: Well, firstly, I just want to preface this by saying that I actually I, I don't <laughs> it's really, I don't know that many comedians. Ivo mm. is still even if I knew about lots of comedians, Ivo would be my favourite comedian because I think he's very talented. So I really enjoy going to watch him perform. I, the only thing I... Well, no, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Ivo is the most friendly and sociable person, but he has absolutely zero boundaries. So after a show, we will spend out saying hello to every single person in the room, saying thank you. so you know. And even a decade into his comedy career, where I think, you know, we I'm a pretty successful comedian now, still feels the need to like personally thank everyone so much for coming to the show. Like, thank you as if they've done him a huge favor. They have done me a uh, do huge favor. They
3: but
1: have I done
2: t- you a huge favor. <laughs> do you I also, do, do you hate,
3: hate doing favor? it?
2: Are you fed
1: up with doing it? Cause I do that and I hate do every second no, of I, it.
3: No, I'm not fed up of doing it at all, because it's, um, uh, firstly, I I think it would be um, not politically astute for me to say in this public forum that I hate doing it. (laughs) Um, Come on! No, because when it goes well... Oh, you love
2: doing it, because you get, I can see, there's a rule where it's like, what is it, you're not allowed to laugh at your own jokes on stage. But obviously, because I've known either for so long... I can see it's like a tiny little twitch of the lips when he knows he's made a really good joke and he's fucking loving
1: no, it. Yeah,
3: but, he's loving it. Did,
2: Everyone's laughing. But I don't
3: need that validation after a stand-up show because hopefully the stand-up show will have will have got that validation. But afterwards, the business of being in quite a crowded bar full of a lot of people you half know, it's just a, it's just a, a bit of an obstacle course of, to my easily stressed mind, quite high-risk... Um, emotional and social situations. It doesn't change the fact that if they all, by some freak fluke, go well, if I manage to have short, uh, affectionate, but also quite time-efficient chats with everyone and feel like I have, Sort of consumed the entire tapas bar, um, but then sort of got out in time not to be late to whatever they need to for. No, What's your favorite?
2: Flavor? Well, my favorite, favorite flavor
3: dish? is probably a teacher from school. Who I haven't seen in a long time, <laughs> where I can where I can have a sort of nostalgic bit of deference to him, but also the fact that he's come to watch my stand-up show is quite flattering. I'd say um, the worst is um, uh, a former flame or a friend of our parents <laughs> who uh, we can't really remember the name of, but should. <laughs> the, um, but do you know what I mean? Like if 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 you can if you can get, do quite well with people on a social level without feeling like you've been rude to any of them, then I get huge self worth from that. But the the risk of that is if, if any of them go those interactions go wrong, it will probably cloud the whole evening, um, including the show. Even if the show's gone well, so having a sister who's like, "Great show, let's go to um, you know a, 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 a pub down the road." It's it's it, it's brilliant. It's like having a a, a sort of, uh, and it sounds so self-absorbed. but It's like having a bodyguard, really.
1: <laughs> Did you hide behind her when you were younger? Because I hide behind Rachel. Hold on, we've no. got to rewind.
0: We've got to, We've got to go back a bit further, right? No, I Can to we start back with? So, how many siblings? You, who's the oldest? Who's the youngest? How many were there? I in do the feel family? like who I, was, do you think I feel. The old of you. Okay, like, yeah. Don't that's a fun ask one.
1: that do you question because we're you the older? question back. Um, right. I know.
0: I yeah. know. Well, then, yeah. I've done my research, exactly. so I know. Go on then. See if you can remember your research.
1: <laughs> Ivo.
3: It is me. I'm the eldest of three. So it's me and then just under two years. And then we've got yeah. a very dear uh, younger brother um, who would also bring some great anecdotes and insights to the table here. Um, but... I think has less interest in a
2: Basically, he's way facing. less attention seeking that. <laughs> yeah. But I oh. massive shout out to our young brother, Ludo, who is actually the cool, people think of me as a fashionable one because I work in fashion and Ivo the funny one because he obviously is a comedian, but actually Ludo has a much better inherent sense of personal style than I do. And he's much funnier than either of yeah, us. Yeah, on the slide. But he's, he's almost, he's always, he's also so much cooler because he just, he doesn't need, you know, we, we both do relatively sort of audience facing things, probably more Ivo, more so these days but nevertheless you know essentially desperate for public attention mm. <laughs> and <laughs> approval whereas Ludo's just like yeah I'm chilling he's like I don't need to be in your podcast no way like yeah. and he's the middle um, sibling Ludo's in the middle the he's the youngest oh, he's the youngest he's the youngest but what does he do then
3: well he does work Good in the media
2: mean, what does Ludo do um, well, uh
3: he um he works uh, this in is like film production
2: that question in friends you know when chandler has to give up the apartment because the question is no, like what no. is chandler
3: bing's job i would much rather give an extensive summary of what ludo does than of what you do um i think Oh, please think, tell us
0: please tell us what she does
3: i can li- uh, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean what's my job <laughs>
3: georgia works in um fashion um well done. where you're able to use both uh, the more artistic side of your personality, the more business-like side of your personality, and your experience of the fashion world from when you were a model.
2: To execute you, my job title, which is what? Which
3: is um, c- uh, senior your features editor. I like that
2: you always put senior in there. I'm not senior features editor. But your features, there, features no,
3: editor, but... so that is inherently a very senior position. And you both oversee and create content. <laughs> yes! Yeah, amazing. Well Well done! done. That's
2: really good! Well
3: works. He's worked in... Um, he graduated three years ago and has done various different things in um, your world, our, our world. He worked for independent talent when he came out of university oh, as I an agent's assistant. And again, he's very into like I've seen about nine films. Um, well, I'm trying, but I'm, he's
2: seen them all like five I've, I've times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ivo loves nostalgia. I just, like, I just, I just <laughs>
3: cling to things that have meant something to me in the past.
2: Yeah, but he yeah. loves
3: films, so he'll always, as well as being. Quite um, sharply dressed and uh, playing some uh, quite cool music I've never heard, and rolling a cigarette perfectly. He'll also just have watched every time. time. Uh, He's um, he's 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 just he's, he's just always consuming
0: he's cool,
1: cool he's a cool one clearly. so what
0: was the dynamic like when you were younger Be- because you also you're at, I know I've a Europe boarding school and I mm. from what I've gathered of my research that you, when you went to Australia between the ages of 10 and 13 you lived together was that the first time you pro-
2: I mean you know what I mean because you were guess I would, that already, is what
3: right? I would say yeah
2: Yes. I was basically too clever when he was little so my parents sent him away um, that's, we, we, no, that's we were not general. as clever I, think was also the,
3: I was the eldest child so um, it made sense. Yeah. Of but yeah no it,
2: Australia was really nice I remember actually um, not to turn it from funny to sentimental but it was so nice because Ivor had been gone and then yeah we were all at day school all living together and it was so nice because I sort of had my big brother back and he was around but his, still he was at school his school was kind of in the city centre of Sydney and so he would like. go, I can't remember how you got school but like he would kind of go off to the city every day whereas our schools were more local and so it's always a thing of like oh big brother Ivo off to his school in the city like in the CBD like very cool and then he'd come over like oh tell me what happened in the, in the big smoke today I, literally I was no in my sort like, of like suburban paradise God.
3: just the thought that I was taking a slightly longer bus into school made me so with Anthea
2: cool. Dransfield the dream
3: um yes <laughs> who? Who, she was a girl who took the same bus as me who I am. Um, I, in, uh, we <laughs> I we. I guy procured her email address in two thousand and two. We sent each other uh, about, I'd say, a lot of emails. Probably about four emails. Um, but enough for me Can to be pre-
2: fair on a dial-up that's pretty good we had a dial-up internet connection yes, we at the time. so I think four emails is that's pretty that's it I
3: printed off our emails and our me- and <laughs> just correspondence so that I could read it to myself to cut oh, up the comfort lovely. on a family weekend away in the Blue Mountains and you found the oh. printout so <laughs> it was not oh, no. a good
2: day I was always snooping I have to say I will confess I was the worst and I would always look through Ivo's text messages and I would ask him questions that's about any terrible. girls I found in there it was really bad it was really bad I was yeah terribly nosy so. I don't
3: I remember that with any sense of like. That Why you am gave I me a hard time about that? About I, don't know. I don't know. I think I had that. Yeah, we did have a couple of things. I would say that because we're quite we're we're very close, and the intervals are the same. It's basically me two years, and then George and then Baked Tilly two years, and then our brother. Um, yeah. But there were a couple of things I think that shunted me into more of an eldest child. Uh, by a distance thing so first one was in the 90s I went to boarding school for three in years in the
2: 90s that makes me sure in okay. the late oh, 90s back um, in the 90s and I
3: read through some. I found some letters I used to send home quite recently and I remember the tone of my letters to mum and dad because you know I, I'd, I'd always you know it's, it's lots of like having a nice time miss you you know football went like this but I'd forgotten <laughs> that there were these extra letters I'd be like please pass this on to George and Ludo and they're these they're so much sadder <laughs> like oh. An attempt to almost like elder sibling you from afar. Like, I hope you're doing all right. Mother tells me that you're, like, you know, making great progress. <laughs> I he says in the
2: in. 90s what he really means, is like in the Edwardian era. But
3: well, there was out. a very Edwardian <laughs> aspect of the letters sent yes. so school. So you were so trying to, to meet
2: my beloved long... brother and sister. <laughs>
0: like... to, to be the big brother from a distance. That's so sweet.
3: Well, I think it's a mixture of that and probably also this slightly palpable insecurity that they were. Living a family life without me and probably yeah. bonding with each other and with with my parents more and then we went to Australia for this three years where we all went to day school and despite my glamorous trips to the big city we essentially all lived together and so it was very cozy and by this point we were what like 12 10 and 8 so it's a much more meaningful thing than like 7 5 and 3 and um, And that was a great three years. And then our family moved to Switzerland because of our dad's job for a couple of years. And again, I went to boarding school in England because I'd already been to boarding school so I could handle it. Whereas George and Ludo went to international school in Switzerland and lived at home with mum and dad. So I was like, they're getting all catch up time. Yeah,
1: but did that make you angry that you were the one who kept it and they were having this lovely, happy family life?
3: No, I don't think truthfully, it made me feel that insecure about it. I don't think I loved going back to boarding school. I think I enjoyed it less the second time around, Uh, and I think I envied like incredibly small-minded and very first-world things like. You got better at skiing than me because when you live in Switzerland, you can just go skiing every weekend, whereas I could only go in the holidays. But I think I was I think our parents did a very good job of not making things like boarding school feel like abandonment um, uh, and rather a, a, a normal thing, which would be compensated for in the holidays. So I wasn't thinking like once more, I've been jettisoned. I was like, I guess just it makes sense. I'm the eldest. I've been to boarding school before. And actually, you guys didn't—you you didn't really get on at Zurich International School. That was quite a bad time for you and Ludo.
2: It was. I feel bad, sort of, you know, without Ludo being here. Reflect, but me and me and Ludo were not. It was not happy families back home at that time. Me and Ludo were having a very, um, yeah, tempestuous period of our relationship. Volatile. No say. amount Why? of letters back Why? from Eton. Yeah, they weren't helping. Well, basically, Why? I think that it's this thing where it's like when you're when you are a trio of siblings, you operate best in that format so you work best as the three of you in the same way that you know you i don't know if you guys do you have any other siblings or it's just no, you two? just the
0: two of us yeah i you wish kind we of
2: you learn your dynamic <laughs> as well for so us certainly bad. i feel like we're really balanced we all we're similar enough that we're all super close and we're really sort of rely on each other and we're really loyal to one another and we kind of are in each other's lives a bit, but then we all have enough different traits that we sort of essentially bring something new to the table. And it also means that we're really balanced when we're together. And I honestly do think particularly at that, like quite formative stage where you're all, we were all like kind of becoming teenagers and it's awkward and you're so insecure and your parents are so embarrassing. And you just like really want someone to fancy you, like it's yeah. you kind of, you need You need the trilogy to be able to support one another or at least, I don't know. And that doesn't always mean being nice to each other. It can be like teasing each other or whatever. So maybe the fact that you weren't there meant that um, me and Luda were sort of off balanced.
3: Well, that's nice. I I love the idea that as a trio, we all depend on each other like that. I think there's also the fact that you just, you went to the same school when you were Hormonal teenagers, and that's true, quite true. a tough experience for any to siblings. It. I, pref- I love the romantic. I was emotion getting as well. emotional. Yeah, yeah. But hang <laughs> on, was
1: Ivo was Ivo a sort of heroic, shadowy figure then when he was away? Because I mean, you can sort of do no wrong. You if definitely acquired
2: um, like more of a mystery than I would say. Yeah, I mean, we love you these days, but more of a mystery than you have these days. Where he was sort of away doing his thing, whereas we were just sort of like, yeah, going to school every day and
0: and were you jealous of him? <laughs> Matt, were you jealous of him being at boarding school was there any part of you that wished you could have gone and
2: um I don't think so I mean I was it was interesting because I was having a very I went to an international school so most of the people there were actually American and so believe it or not at the time I actually had a very strong American accent and wow. um yeah and uh, I don't know it was it was it was strange it was like living in two different worlds but then yeah we would come together in the holidays and I guess God, I can't really remember um but yeah, I don't think I was ever or, jealous though. We're quite different, like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, we're quite different. So I don't think, I think I was like doing my thing and trying to learn how to skateboard and like hanging out with all my cool American friends.
3: I don't remember that as a period of much overlap really, even in the holidays. Mm. We'd, we, you would have this sort of slightly, I, we'd also bring friends, we'd start to bring friends on holidays more. And so even though like family time was always implicitly very valuable, and I'd, I'd have been gutted to have even less of it than I did. I think it was always like, well, I'm coming up for these holidays and Tristram will be joining us from Eton. <laughs> oh and so my main focus would actually be on, you know, whether Tristram was enjoying uh, coming out to live with the Graves. Everyone
1: at so. Eton is called
2: Tristram. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs>
0: I'm Kiri Pritchard McLean, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Who Are You Wearing?, where I talk to gorgeous people about how and
2: why they wear the clothes they do. Tell me what you're wearing right now (laughs) a big orange jumper. of a button-down shirt. And I'm also wearing a back support because I'm 35.
3: A black shirt with gold leopard skin shoulders on it. And a
2: Fitbit. It just buzzed at me saying, get up and <laughs> walk around, please.
3: A plain black hoodie. Just a black hoodie. And this beautiful black Hooded top.
2: (laughs) A colourful headscarf, colourful earrings. A pair of socks William Gallagher on. A pink suit and tie that I actually wore for my wedding. And my slippers, because obviously, you
0: know, we're working from home, aren't we? (laughs) But the slip they are pink and fluffy, so, you know, I think we can get away with that. (laughs) So subscribe to this new weekly podcast and get ready to listen, laugh and cry as I ask people who you're wearing.
1: Can you describe each other?
3: Um... I think that, um, uh, Georgia is, um, um,
2: long pause, I, I I'm, I'm sorry,
3: this would have been a very easy thing to prepare. Um, and I should have done because I, um, uh, I, am not very articulate about these things. I, um, I, 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 adore Georgia and I respect her and I need her so much. Um, and I felt that more as an adult actually. Um, I think even though you um, have your insecurities and uh, are very articulate about them and sometimes bang on about them, I find you to be a f- actually so much better at managing uh, stress and situations. And s- therefore, you become a bit of an emotional ballast for me. I think you're much more disciplined with your emotions and disciplined with your priorities. You don't fret about everything like I do, even though you're very sentimental and you're very, uh, you, you care hugely about and for the people who are most important to you. You don't spread yourself nearly as thinly as I do because you know it's not possible and you don't have whatever hole needs to be filled by me when I'm doing that. So I think I look to you as someone with a simpler and more efficient life even though I do like being called upon occasionally to help you and listen to you when you're going through stuff, I, um, I've i certainly felt that any elder sibling thing has really disappeared In if it ever existed. I, there's, that, that power dynamic is not a thing anymore at all. So,
1: so going back to when you, do you think, like I said, I hide behind Rachel. Do you think you sort of have hidden behind Georgia? It's, it's almost like I'll wheel Rachel out if I want to hide behind something. Do you think yeah. you do that?
3: I don't think I do that I think I um, when I'm
2: I think it's more in the regroups do you know what I mean firstly thank you that was very super nice thing to say Um, but in the sense of like I always think you know we all go off and do our own things so I was going and doing all his amazing stuff in the comedy world and you know I'm off my job and doing sort of fashion things and Ludo's off doing his sort of like TV things and then when we have our times where we either, you know, go for dinner together, or we have some time together and we sort of regroup. And it's always that thing of you, I don't know, it's always like close the door to the outside world. And like, how's it going for you? Oh, yeah. It's like, just fucking stressful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And like, mom and dad did it. Or sort of like, and that's where you sort of, you sift through what's going on in each of your lives and you talk about it. And maybe you're like, hey, like this one, I don't really know what to do about this. Or I'm feeling kind of weird about this. And then that's where the other siblings like, oh, yeah. Duh, 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 duh. Um, I don't know if it's that we hide behind each other. It's just that in those moments yeah we, we we sort of offer different things in terms of yeah like sorting through what's going on with one another
3: that's true actually, and that's when we
2: kind of need each other it's not like hiding behind one another mm. in a sort of more public sense it's more in that private sense where you're like oh this is actually something i'm not really dealing with or that i'd like your help with or something if that makes sense.
3: I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I love doing stuff together in its sort of pairs and even better as a trio, I love, you know, hanging out with each other's friends and partners and going to parties and festivals together. Um, There's no one I'd rather do it with than than with my siblings. But I still think we, our lives are broadly quite separate. And when we regroup, it is is at a sort of either very literal base camp like our parents' place in, in Wiltshire, or a, a sort of you know a constructed space to not be under pressure in the way that you are when you're going out to do social or work things involving other people and that's when it's most valuable I mean we, we had a weekend um t- two weeks ago when we when we just did that and it's it's uh it was it was just um so i was also soothing.
2: produced the cutest kid ever which helps oh, as a sort yeah. of motivator to
3: Yeah, well, that's definitely meant there's been more sibling hangouts in the last couple of years. And also just that it's provided this whole new sort of dimension of um, attachment and pride and sort of love in in all the different aspects and combinations of it. How much I um, how much it means to me to see my brother and sister being important to my daughter and hope and vice versa. And how much I now see that as the essential next chapter of. Of, 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 you know, of my life. Um, but it's also for you,
1: Ivo, nostalgia is a big, plays a big part. So I guess going
2: back <laughs> into that regrouping is your, your womb. It's that,
3: yeah, it's, yeah. it's-, the, it, it's completely- I have to say that's the
2: best joke I ever landed. So it was Ivo's 30th, um, last last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, it's bad, I can't remember. But, um, and he had a little dinner and, um, I made a speech it was literally just his best friends and I was asked to make a speech it's always it's a lot of pressure to make a a speech that's supposed to be funny for your brother who is a professional funny person because that that is sometimes it was like any sort of speech at any part it's just wheel out Ivo oh we've got a wedding wheel out Ivo like people who don't even know like hey give me my best man and do a speech at my wedding please anyway so what did I say I made some joke about you being obsessed with nostalgia or like being like an owl with your head like
3: permanently, and permanently yeah. rotated
2: 180 it, degrees
3: it was, it was towards uh, the
2: past and everyone laughed much harder than i anticipated um <laughs>
3: it was laser focus uh, <laughs> uh, comedy roasting and it was it was it was very good i mean it um it was uh, it was a very very small group of very dear people who i think have suffered a, a lot of my uh, um Worst excesses of sentiment over the years, but it's like, because now
2: they're all getting a, a best man speech.
3: Yeah, yeah, but exactly, exactly. Where, where I will rake over the, the past, but, um, for people's broader entertainment for fifteen to twenty minutes with a sad bit in the middle. But <laughs> I, um, but but yeah, it was also it was um, uh, it, yes, it, it was it was an event based around getting a gang back together and so much of my life increasingly is focused around getting gangs back together yeah. and how that's the that that's the simplest and safest place. Whereas for me.
2: so much of my life when I'm with you is geared around leaving the gang at the Soho Theatre Bar and yeah, yeah. going to the pub exactly.
3: around the corner as Ripping as him away. But also Georgia <laughs> doesn't um you don't hoard you don't hoard uh uh, possessions nearly as much or or people nearly as much and it, again as i said before it's not that you you don't cherish like your dearest people and your memories and stuff and it's not that you're like you know rude or ruthless but you know she let georgia left uni to go after a year at bristol to go to australia had a whole chapter of her life there for a few years went to new york for a few years after that like and you're not scrabbling to keep things on the sort of on, on the hob for when you get back to places you know you, you in the same way that i do and i feel it's sometimes vindicated because sometimes you you know someone pops back into your life in a way that's either hugely emotionally meaningful or to be more vulgar about it actually quite useful and you're like yes mm. that's why i do what i do <laughs> um but so much more of the time it's not it's it's just not feasible um to do that and sometimes i i'll be like god i i i, I I, I I couldn't do that in a way which I is maybe a little bit judgmental, but most of the time I, I I just find it quite impressive.
2: You make me sound like I just siphon off people. <laughs> sort
3: of like no, I think you see stuff.
2: her as, as more brave.
3: Yeah, definitely. Totally D- uh, brave in, in lots of ways. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I think um, George had mentioned stand-up comedy being brave earlier. And I uh, I love the sort of lifetime free pass for bravery you get by doing stand-up comedy. Because that so quickly becomes something, not that I don't emotionally invest myself in it every time and occasionally get stressed before important gigs. But it, it, it ceases to be brave so quickly. It becomes your job and actually a job which is so pleasurable and onanistic in so many ways. and
1: totally.
3: uh, and, and yet... People, are, for, for, for so many people, it's such an um, intimidating thing, public speaking, that you will never not be a, a, a brave person because that's your job. No matter how many ways I'm cowardly and evasive, in every other aspect of my life, I'll always be brave because I do stand-up comedy, if that makes every, sense.
1: My partner's a, a stand-up and, and everybody says, oh, my God, it's so spectacular. But to him, it's like taking a shit. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah.
2: Um, Georgia, describe Ivo. Can I describe Ivo in one minute after we plugged in his laptop? Because yeah, I'm a this bit is oh. a little bit more quickly than I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Sorry, no, and then it's like, but it's good; it, gives, it buys me a bit of time to yeah, think about it. how she's going to write. i going to
1: write a, my my love, love. Write a I've got to
2: say something really nice now because he was so no, sweet about me. I wanted him to. I, I wanted him to give me a good old roast, and then I had to just sit there quietly while he sort of showered I'm me gonna with get to compliments. Don't worry, I'm, um, gonna get some sh-
1: it. I'm gonna get some bad stuff out. But okay. it was
2: very nice. Definitely. I'm oh. gonna, I'm gonna transcribe that and put it, put it on my CV or yeah. something. Um, it's lovely. So yeah, do you need an extension? Yeah. It's, yeah. I just think
3: we're just gonna have to move okay. that much. Oh no, it's okay. Let's...
2: I've got a longer. I've got a longer. Really you you long. chat, chat for a minute. Liter- if we no, no, because I've got the same charger but longer, and I can plug it in over there. Can. This no, 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 is so problem. going in the right. Cool.
0: <laughs> now sounds
1: like there's a tumble dryer going It's good. Good
0: teamwork, guys good teamwork I like
3: it I'm actually quite happy with that yep
0: but... we're admiring no, your we teamwork
3: oh thank you very well yeah I, may I refer you back to 11.30 to 12.10 when there wasn't quite so much teamwork in evidence but <laughs> whose fault was it one bit. Yeah. Uh, fault? Um, I'd say 70% me 20% Georgia 10% act of God <laughs>
1: Okay. okay, I thought you were going to blame your child, which is what everyone no, does. No, yeah. no, I,
3: I okay. occasionally. Um, yes, we all do. No Edie problems. can
2: talk now, so we can't. We yeah, can't blame yeah. her because yeah. she can literally say, "No, it wasn't me." Yeah, that's always awkward. She so started cool delivering on, the home Georgia. truths. Like I was having a bad hair day, and she turned to me and she said, "Georgia, why is your hair so spiky?" And I was like, "Thanks, Edie." I was hoping like, you wouldn't notice. But
0: right, so come on, Georgia. You're going to describe Ivo.
2: Um, So how would I describe either? Okay, yeah, so very funny, funny in a sort of like ha-ha performative sense, but also funny in a much more sort of, I don't know, you have a different humour for, um, I don't know, it's the same brand as what we see on stage, but sort of more informal and personalised, you know, when you're around us or when you're sort of on your off-stage situations. Um, I would say you're incredibly loving and caring, like very, very sentimental, um, sometimes to a fault um how else would i describe you um you're very optimistic and like you're always very like excited and you always want everyone to be having a good time and experience to be really like memorable and special and like everyone to be involved um you're incredibly um non-judgmental, which I really, I think is such an amazing quality, particularly as you get older, I think it's so, it's so easy to become cynical or to become callous or you just, you know, you don't have time for people or you sort of, I don't know, but you can become more dismissive and you're just so you really welcome in like anyone and everyone you're super kind of inclusive. You want everyone to be feeling good, everyone to be feeling happy and comfortable and. Yeah, I just think, you know, I suppose, particularly because I work in an industry like fashion, which hopefully less so these days, but certainly in the past has not exactly had a reputation for being like really friendly or inclusive or full of like really nice people that just want to involve everyone. Um, I think I just, I see that as such an amazing quality, um, that you, and you can just walk into a room and get chatting to anyone and make them feel good, make them laugh, like find something interesting about them. And that's such a, I think, yeah, that's probably, those are the qualities in you I most admire.
3: Thanks, G. That means a lot.
1: So have you either, either of you is been too embarrassed nice. by the, it's too yeah, nice. It's too nice. And <laughs> have you ever been embarrassed by the other Ivo?
3: I, I really can't think that I have been. Um,
2: I'm sure I've embarrassed you at some point
3: no I I, 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 um, I know that's it sounds so disingenuous to say like you know I, I think I wouldn't say that who you are as a person has ever embarrassed me because I'm so incredibly like proud of it I mean like I'm for example I, I remember once I lived a few years ago with one of my best friends but who um, he, he, we're quite different and as flatmates, that sometimes can, um, you know, feel quite heightened. Uh, he uh, lives a very um, uh, sort of ordered and uh, um, quite quite sort of uh, rigorous life. And I think I frequently was a source of frustration because i was disorganized we were also trying to work together at the same time so we were flatmates and work partners so a lot going on uh,
2: not adhering to that that old phrase don't shit where you eat it was Uh, literally it (laughs) it, it
3: was a it was a it was an absolute festival of eating and shitting um so um and, and and which which were two of the issues in which I made mess. But, uh, I, and I just remember one time when I was in the middle of a, a real, like, f- sort, of, sort of festival of disorganization. And then you were coming to stay as well. And you came in, be, and you're not nearly as disorganized as I was, but you came in with a bit of, like, a little bit of fluster. And I could just see him thinking, it's another Graham. <laughs> and, and, and so, again, that wasn't any real thing on you, but it was like... I was just very conscious. And in a way it Two was a nice genetic reassurance one. that, like, yeah, we are the same. Yeah, the propensity
2: it's like... for Graham fluster is so it's something I'm trying to sort of like wean out of myself, but nevertheless, I think when we're, we can be on really great form, but we can also be on mega fluster form.
3: Mm. So yeah. I, <laughs> when the
2: Grahams drop the balls, they drop all the balls and they get very stressed <laughs> about it. And we're also all incredibly tall. So you get sort of like four humans worth of fluster. No, four, three. Mm -hmm. And what about your parents? Are they flustery?
3: Yeah. Is that where it's come from? Is that where it's come
2: from? Hugh Graham has a bit of a propensity for fluster. He's not very good at keeping sort of like, I don't know, keep staying cool in a situation. Emma Graham's a bit. She's a bit. She's a bit more of a cool customer, particularly I find as she gets older, which is um,
3: she's she's becoming quite chilled. Um, I um, yeah. I I I think there are. um,
2: and any anyone that knows any Grahams, the Grahams are always late, as you've experienced today. But
3: yep. I, yeah, but I don't... So you don't even know me, well, you're like, yup! But I don't, the thing is, I, I don't love saying that in this sort of like, almost, not proud ways, I know you're not saying it in a proud mm. way, but like, I don't like that being the brand, and I clearly haven't tried hard enough to rid myself of the brand, because I'm still consistently quite disorganised, but... I'm still very apologetic. I think I have the worst combination uh, of um, self-criticism and inability to change the things that I'm criticising myself for. It is it is it is toxic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I don't mean that to be for, as a sort of to, to be pitied, really. Although I do find it it and myself pitiful. Oh, poor no, but what, He's what I mean so mean is I, I need to, to, I need to get to better. Change. I need to get better, or I just need to be more blasé about it and not care. But I can't be. I can't be stuck in the middle. And I do think that um, a few of the m- m- greater tendencies towards chaos uh we have definitely inherited from our parents and their combination of um you know disorganisation and some of the things that inform disorganisation, poor planning, or if you're being so really. It's weird. I think
2: a mum does really organised, actually. Well, whenever but, I feel like I'm being disorganised, I'm like, I honestly say to myself, "I'm like, you're Emma Graham's daughter. There is no way. Like, our mum is very organised. But then we, she is very efficient.
3: But then we get somewhere late as a family at like Christmas, and like yeah, our true, parents' true. friends will be like, "Classic Graham's. So <laughs> it's like it's clearly the the it, it's it. We're not the first generation of this. We. Is ludo,
0: um, is ludo the same
3: yeah i think he's getting a bit better t- as uh, but his
2: I, job yeah. requires him to be very organized so i think he, like he needs to be organized more. yeah yeah yeah. he's very organized <laughs> in that respect but sometimes it's that thing isn't it where it's like what i find happens with me which i don't know if you know we have to ask him but is that the more organized i get in my professional life the more as soon as my professional life is off i'm like oh like i just yeah. let it all hang out
3: Whereas I don't have any structure (laughs) and that's so like I'm not built for self-employment and um, (laughs) it's it's not getting better, really. I think it was getting a little bit better but the addition i think uh, of a of a child uh, you know who yeah. while th- the greatest emotional gift to my life it does add a few more bits of admin onto the plate i think i was just starting to make some sort of slight tentative steps and then another uh, another bomb uh, landed uh slightly yeah.
1: but i still can't get in my head what your child was your childhood sort of chaotic and crazy or cuz you both seem to have a, yeah when you were together?
3: I I think we, uh, there was a lot of displacement in our childhood. We moved around as a family a bit yeah. and there were different sort of stages to our, you know, education. I guess
2: it was a bit chaotic, but then I guess when you were young, you kind sort of like, you just get used to it, don't you? Because what, the first time we moved was, well, I was born in Australia and then we moved back to England when I was two, so I don't really remember that. But then we moved back to Australia when I was eight or nine. Mm. And then we moved to Switzerland when I was, 12 i think mm-hmm. and then back to england and then when i literally i turned 18 and i moved back to australia and then i moved to new york and like i don't know so i suppose that then that moving around and that quite chaotic nature of moving and being in a new place and having to sort of that was just second nature from quite an early age so i don't really think i don't i can't really compare it to anything else. So I suppose yeah. for some people, they'd be like, wow, that sounds like a really chaotic childhood and sort of, you know, that mm. sounds so, so busy. And maybe it was hard to find set roots or something. But I don't know, it's just how it was,
3: I would say that simplicity was never prioritised. The wow. the um, it was it was all based top down, and certainly something I've carried on in trying to do as much as possible and trying to do interesting things. And we were often apart particularly when i was at boarding school and then when all three of us were at boarding school and so but as i say our parents we never we never got the sense that because because it was always compensated for but then the holidays and the times we got back together were more special and more important
2: i would say i would say a thing not to interrupt you but going to interrupt you but a thing that <laughs> characterizes both you and me and probably ludo and that our—I now sort of reflecting back on our childhood our parents probably share is the Graham's will say that they don't want to have any plans. They just want to be chill. We don't want to have any plans. Blah, 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 and then make a million plans. Mm, and, it happens, it. and it happens. And honestly, it happens like every Christmas night. dad's like, oh, I don't want to have all these plans. You know, these lunches and da, 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 da. I just want to relax. And then be like, when are we seeing Ivo? And when are we seeing Georgia? And, blah, 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 <laughs> and then make a thousand plans. And then be like, oh, we're late to all the plans. And there's too many plans. Like, yeah. And, <laughs> and I definitely do that. And Ivo definitely does that. You've just mentioned Christmas.
0: Can you tell us what a typical Christmas was like? Family Christmas.
2: Uh. (laughs) My parents, so my, I would say this is something that my mum, well, from talking to my parents, my mum brought more to my parents' dynamic. Um, My mum's side of the family set big store by birthdays, Christmas, like those sort of family events um so for mum christmas has always been like a really big deal and my mum is also she's incredibly like caring she loves getting like she loves finding like the perfect cute little gift for someone or sort of making you know the perfect meal with all the things and sort of i don't know it's really it's really wonderful it's like very thoughtful of her um but yeah so christmas always has a very like distinct formula and flavor I mean it was different when we were living overseas but generally it's like we get together every Christmas and um since we've been in the UK it's like we do there's like a little village party that happens on the the night before Christmas so we Can't always go the to brand. the village party and then my family are not um religious but they like the tradition of going to church on Christmas mornings then we all but then of course always late for church um and so mum is always embarrassed and then we come back and then it's like <laughs> yeah um but also it's funny because one thing that um my parents don't really like doing is sort of uh, my dad h- hates like too many presents, he calls it a present orgy. because I hate these sort of present <laughs> orgies that happen these days. He goes, it's terribly commercial. He goes, it's so blah blah. and he gets and he sort of grumbles and huffs and puffs. So it's always this thing where it's sort of like you're waiting on Christmas Day and you're like okay, like you know, lucky enough to have you know a couple of presents to open and you're like can we open it? And Dad's like, okay, we can open one present. <laughs> like, he gives
3: you very, an orange. Yeah, um, yeah very but yeah, exactly. Single orange Christmases. Um, but I, I think that the relentless nature of it is, is probably its most defining feature, the fact that between when we all get down to Wiltshire or whatever, and like the 21st of December, between then and the 31st, it's like you most days you're having lunch with one set of local friends and having dinner with some, with someone else and probably squeezing in a sort of tea with someone else en route. And I've, I've seen that for what it is partly through growing up maybe, but mainly through the eyes of the various partners that we've brought to be into that and and then suddenly you're like oh yeah this is a bit mad like all, all of the people who've had to come and uh be, be a graham for a few days of that have whilst you <laughs> my, know my flexible first... and positive they have found it pretty strange yeah. and exhausting my
2: uh my first boyfriend i remember he was australian he came to spend christmas with us in the uk one year and um yeah he basically dealt with this by Drinking whiskey solidly from like 10 a.m. and watching the entire box set of Lord of the Rings, including all of the deleted scenes, of which there are about 17 hours worth of content. Like, oh
3: which I have to say wasn't really throwing himself into the schedule, but we were so self absorbed, we probably didn't even notice.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, so you just, just say it again.
3: I don't know how else to explain a podcast to a ghost. Just explain it again. Uh... You listen to it, and we talk to people we like. James Acaster? Yes.
1: Sophie Duker? Yeah. Nish Kumar? Yes. Rosie Jones? Yes. Izzy Sutty?
3: Yes. Darren Harriot? Yeah. There's loads. You listen to them, they tell a spooky story that they've heard about Spooktown. Some of them are horrible little liars. Yeah. It's that simple. I don't understand how you're not getting it. It's really rude. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. What? Well, it's not a ghost, it's just a smudge on the mirror. Oh. I still don't really know why I didn't get it, but... <sighs>
1: I thought you explained it really well, Ed. Thank you, Kat. Welcome to Spooktown. Hey, it's wherever you get your podcasts. No one's judging. Wherever you get your podcasts, you bloody listen. If you want are you ever embarrassed by Ivo?
2: You have that joke about like um, wanking in the shower or something. And it's, it's not, I'm not embarrassed by it. I think it's funny. And I think objectively, it it's a great it joke.
1: Motified. But some, sometimes,
2: <laughs> sometimes if I'm bringing a friend to his show and I'm sitting next to them, I'm sort of like, oh, and we both just listened to my brother talk about uh, wanking in the shower on stage. So I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm not whatever the opposite of embarrassed is. Uh, I'm not like, oh yeah, my, that's my favourite yeah. joke. I Really hope he tells a joke about why he's in the shower. I love that one.
3: That uh, that makes me feel sick <laughs> hearing George say that.
1: I've both fallen off the screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but it's
3: like, true. it's not like I haven't. You know, that's completely within my power. I don't have to. To that material so I don't oh, I don't, I don't see, get see, to see that's
2: completely, I can, you know I can wank in the shower if I want <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh my god
3: please now I'm embarrassed no, but what I what I mean is I I don't get to be embarrassed by you saying that that's embarrassing because that's you know I have subjected to you and everyone else to that uh and I know the bit of which you speak um but it's uh but it's very reliable. It's a club banker.
2: <laughs> it goes <laughs> down really well. But t- so is there any areas together that oh, you actually won't I am touch okay on? I can be I can be mean now. Um sometimes I'm embarrassed of Ivo's style because it's got better but i both wear some pretty weird things when left to his own devices i try really hard to provide kind of like top-line guidance and influence as you know where i can um but occasionally you know and he's been left alone for a long time and certain you know war- holes in his wardrobe have necessitated a new purchase which he has executed alone um with no minder um,
0: any examples um so
2: <laughs> do we lived together during lockdown one last year And it was kind of wonderful because sometimes I'd, um, you know, Ivo would be doing his comedy things, but all sort of online. You know, everyone was talking about, um, you know, (laughs) Zoom dressing. So like waist up dressing, which was, you know, people weren't really like actually committing to it. Usually you'd wear a full outfit. But Ivo really took this seriously so he would sit doing his gigs which I'm sorry, I feel like this is going to be a big reveal anyone would watch any content that you did sort of last year but he would be like in his boxers and then he would be wearing like a shirt and a blazer and like so literally from the waist up being like Mr. <laughs> Comedian like doing all the jokes like you know and <laughs> I remember there was a real there was a certain point in your comedy career where you said I remember you said to me you said Georgia you said I've decided I'm going to stop wearing t-shirts on stage <laughs> because your <laughs> Australian boyfriend
3: Nick had said the I should wear more collared shirts. And well, I really this is the thing. So,
2: yeah, but it was at the time. That was the time where you had this. I remember. And then you said, you said, I'm only going to. I'm going to try and smarten up. You know, you know, even though my my career is my profession is informal, I want to bring a level of professionalism to it. So I'm only going to perform in collared shirts. And um, but then you had that washing machine that was like a washer and a dryer in one. And you would just put the shirts in. So the shirts were always slightly shrunken and a bit wrinkled, and they sort of revealed a bit of your like your tummy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um but yeah no but going going back to just i've managed to incorporate multiple time. roasts into this um but the one yeah, exactly. i really wanted to focus on was a very bad sort of is that sort of grey, gray white blazer that you bought for
3: you know it's sort of synthetic i wore that to, I wore that to two weddings I, know. I, was, I, <laughs>
2: I tried to tell you
3: not to <laughs> just as so though you don't wear it to my wedding i i i officiated josh and rose's wedding in that in that blazer um oh, so yeah that's okay. a, that's gutting to know that that was well a, luckily so.
2: as we've already established you're going to be asked to make lots more um speeches and appearances at weddings um and other various events in the future on the grounds of your ability to i'm going to ask you speech. to do my speech I'm thanks going to ask very you to, when much
3: when we yeah, get yeah, married you're never going to get lovely. married
2: yeah.
3: I've, i yeah. will Definitely. i will i will wear my famous white blazer i'm afraid
1: <laughs> i should hope so um uh have you ever hated each other I think no, I know the answer to that. No. You never have, have you?
2: Yeah, I can answer that for you. Who so, Oh no, no. There was a bit of a chink there in Georgia's face. Oh, n- was that? Oh god! I feel like I'm always the one who says the mean thing. I don't think I. No, no. no I, no, like I honestly, I was trying to think. I was trying to think of a time where we had. I have. It's bad. We're on a video call because honestly, my face is like a. Like I cannot hide. Any, like whatever <laughs> I'm thinking is like a ticker tape across my forehead. I. Um. I was just trying to think of a time that we'd had like a bad argument or something, and I suppose maybe that.
3: I can't even really think of those two. I mean, like...
2: We get annoyed with each other. Um, I'm
3: very conscious of being quite annoying. And
2: I I can be quite annoying because I can be a bit like, you know, because I'm a bit more sort of organised. Sometimes I can be a bit like controlling, which I think is not.
3: um, Yes. very bossy. Uh, I don't like having a light shone on um, my poor qualities and poor personal organization and um, most people through in a professional environment have to um, tiptoe around it uh, in a way for either out of politeness or compassion Um, whereas obviously a sibling can just cut through that so so being myself in front of you and ludo (laughs) is like going sort of seeing is like going through the x-ray machine a lot more and 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 sort of seeing myself for who I am rather than sort of that being disguised by people's attempt to disguise it but that's it. the
2: same with me like do you know what I mean I can go into my fashion world and be all like shiny and sort of mm. you know show the bits of myself that I want to and sort of you know to a certain extent have the people around me that affirm the qualities that I like but when you're with your family you're just like oh here we go here comes the truth serum
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, the truth. Yeah, and and it's amazing how much family reunions are characterised by s- such high pressure and expectations um, for it to be like a perfect reunion because we haven't seen each other in a while, and that pressure almost always leads to stress, mm-hmm. um, which is usually resolved and blows over, and it's still always a, a net lovely time. But I wouldn't say we're any closer to having. A sort of troubleshooting system for avoiding that stress, despite the fact that yeah. it is so rep- I mean, that's true of, I'm sure, most people. Yeah, and we have each have it.
2: our triggers, isn't yeah. it? It's like Ludo must have breakfast. If you speak to Ludo before he has breakfast, then it's just, it's, it's curtains good. already. What else? What's your one?
3: Um,
2: Ivo must have a wank in the shower.
3: Oh, God. It makes
2: <laughs> my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah, I think I could definitely affirm that. That is when you've been married. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> dear who was the favorite kid oh Oh, Ivo 100 100 we even call Ivo the favorite son because he's slightly like yeah because I think he's my my dad loves it because he he Ivo sort of is he lives vicariously through Ivo and says my dad's a very funny man but he had a Mm. relatively sort of like normal sort of a job that doesn't involve being funny at all, other than being like charismatic yeah. with your co-workers. And so he loves the fact that, he, and he also really gets it. Like, you know, he likes comedy. He understands the comedy industry. He knows how, whereas me, he's just like, Georgia. Uh. I remember once seeing an yeah. email to a friend and he said, uh, Georgia continues to travel the world in search of the perfect shoot. And I was
3: like, you literally <laughs> have
2: no idea what I do. You look like I'm like, like I'm sort of, sort of nature expert, like under this rock, is there a shoot under here? Oh no, I did not find one there, should go to New York. Is there I literally was really
3: like, oh was dad no idea. Um
2: but uh and now I've lost sight of the question, which was, oh yes, um, Ivo is the favourite uh, son. But um yeah, there was certainly like I remember once um being in the car with mum and it was I think it was also by nature of Ivo being at boarding school, so it was always like, oh you know, is Ivo alright? He's a bit further away, like he's doing mm. something a bit different. And it was like every time Ivo called it was like everyone be quiet in the car, put it on speakerphone, hello darling. Like and then hours and hours oh, of chat which is like, cool. Like um but that's probably me being oversensitive as well and sort of
3: I think that just, absence- because
0: I've yeah, and your, yeah, Ivo, your perspective was that you were missing what was going on back there, right?
3: Yeah, completely. I mean, that's the the, the, sort of the glamour of absence, isn't it? Then the, And it making up the heart grow fonder, I think. Uh...
2: But he was still trying to influence it by writing his long Edwardian letters about what we should be doing and the life lessons that he'd learned. <laughs> 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 like, oh, I'd love, love to see those stuff. letters So
0: just what On your dad Because I heard on another podcast Ivo you talked about In terms of nostalgia A uh, festival you went to With your dad Where you made Waterboys t-shirts Yes I just well, would love to hear A bit more about What did they What did they say on them Was it lyrics
3: Yeah we wrote we have Your wrote dad's
0: favourite
2: band Lyrics right? to water, Yeah
3: I mean uh, We say we made Waterboys t-shirts I think we, we wrote Li- Waterboys lyrics In pen On white t-shirts
2: Unofficial Waterboys <laughs> You know Were you involved at, Georgia You did it too um yeah. i wasn't this was kind of there's uh yeah that you, was you uh, came i came yes but i don't think i wore a customized um unofficial Waterboys okay. match t-shirt
3: um, it's such a. I, I think this will um um i think it's representative of
2: probably just because i'm too picky about what i wear as well do you know what i mean we've established already
3: yeah yeah, yeah I, I think like, you would course. have been too proud to wear what a white t-shirt with a Waterboys boys written on it next to your dad and brother i think you you have he made a very good decision. And I don't know what we were hoping to achieve. It was at a folk festival at I was going I thought we would sort of be stood on the front row and that Mike Scott of the Waterboys would say, <laughs> good to see a father and son writing my lyrics on their t-shirts as usual. <laughs> that sort of-
1: What was it, the whole of the moon or something? Oh, the I think it was a bit
3: nicheer than the whole yeah. of the moon, Cathy. Oh, that was we, Mike Scott seen enough father and son whole of the moon t-shirt <laughs> combos to last him a lifetime. Um, I think oh, I it was uh, I think it was Glastonbury song and somebody might wave back my father the, the two oh, songs on my okay. father's Extents extended <laughs> Desert Island Discs long list which I'm across. I think that's the other thing uh, <laughs> I, I, I I was the muse my dad's really into music and I've taken all of his recommendations and then started firing back recommendations of quite similar essentially 80s influenced modern rock just gets sent back to my dad (laughs) and then we talk about it a lot and I got him a Waterboys reissue for his birthday in 2006 and that led us to discover that they were playing at the Trowbridge Village Pump Festival and so we all went as a family. (laughs) So I think I've stoked my dad's nostalgia uh, and indulged it a lot more than you two have even though you obviously... So
2: basically Ivo's campaigned for his place as the favourite whereas (laughs) I put in little effort and... Uh,
3: but it's not a campaign, it's not a, a campaign purely to, to sort of be a, a more cherished sibling, because I'm aware it's a very narrow piece of the approval pie. It's just, I'm also mm-hmm. massively into music and nostalgia. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself all worked up at the same time.
1: Can you tell your dad I've just painted an Alice Cooper um, cake oh, for my son? Wow.
3: Well, that's
0: not really... Is well, that, it's 80s. It's, is it? Okay.
3: It's yeah. rock,
1: yeah.
3: isn't it? Yeah, but it's
1: Not It's not like the water school <laughs> <Yes>. School's
3: Out <laughs> it's is not different. on the Desert Island disc <laughs> <Exactly>. long list, <laughs> no, but my dad is. He's <laughs> okay. very much across it.
0: Is there anything you want to say to each other that you've never said before? So we'll go Ivo to Georgia first.
3: Um, oh, I, I've heard this question on the podcast and I've thought, I've got no idea what I'd say there. Must think about it. And I have failed to. Have you got and something? He
2: hasn't. What have I got? I don't know. I'm just feeling a sort of like weird confessional energy. Where, But you already know that I like read all your text messages when we were teenagers. Mm. I think that's terrible. I know. It's really bad. So the more I back in, oh, you oh, didn't which, do
0: it to me. I would
1: never do that to you. Oh. Never. So which I text? So like a, oh,
2: wow. So look, I'm officially bad sister. Yeah, and that to me
1: is a terrible thing and <laughs> yeah. Kath
0: was really horrible to me yeah,
2: I mean,
1: but
3: I wouldn't horrible. have done
2: that so
0: yeah
2: yeah. I mean that I'm not trying to make you feel worse but. <laughs> no it's fine the, I, I, the guilt is deserved I will sit with that later today but it's not like there
3: was any good gear really like, what? Well, was
2: the I annoying was going to say I like go in there? And I see the same text message from a week ago I'd be like oh boring still texting that girl I'm Natalie well, that so, pretty,
3: but also yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. amazing actual name um, but there, this is also <laughs> like a Nokia 3210 so there's like six yeah. So I you could only store like four messages. <laughs> but letters. that's how we knew who the
2: favourites were because their thread got saved.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't, there were certain people who didn't get deleted.
2: <gasps> um, but yeah, in terms of, um, is there anything uh, that I want to say to you? Um, uh, I didn't know, the only thing I think was so sentimental, and I have said it to you before, but I just think you're an amazing dad.
3: That's, well, that's really, really amazing. Oh, that's amazing. lovely. Um, I,
2: uh, I... we see, we don't really know what to do with compliments. Either. Yes. We're so like, it...
3: oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've told you how
2: much... So like when you said all the nice stuff about me, I was like, oh fuck, I don't know what to say.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, how does one absorb this content? And <laughs> uh, alongside, um, seeing, yeah, alongside seeing my, my daughter with her mother, seeing her with you and our brother is, is it, it is, it is the purest pleasure in, in my life that I've ever experienced. Um. And... She's <laughs> done <Stop>. Like, What? <laughs> Oh, don't, you don't, oh, that is <laughs> absolutely outside of a shower. Outside of a shower. I know what
1: she's thinking. <laughs> I was going to say it as well. I know.
3: Well, I think you've got it now. You've, it's, it's uh, yeah. But uh, having, uh, yeah, get watching watching my siblings hanging out with my child and how much they mean to each other is almost as good as wanking in a shower. Oh. Uh, that's 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 my final word on the subject. <laughs>
0: This has been a Little Wonder production. Logo artwork from Kathy Mason. Voice from Melanie Walters. Music from Projri Viney. With special thanks to Beth Forrest, Steve Pickup, Sam Roberts, Henry Widdicombe and Joe Williams. Other podcasts from Little Wonder include, Here to Judge and Welcome to Spookdown. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I've got the giggles now. I know,
1: I know. Well, you better not fuck up on the next podcast. No, I won't.
0: No, I won't, I promise. But if you've given the right research, then it would make it easier if you get the names right and don't type them in wrongly. It was a typo. I know, but there's (laughs) always... Go. Hello. Hi, Hi, (laughs) Regina.
1: Okay, I see how it is. (laughs) Here to Judge is the new weekly podcast from Little Wonder, where we dismantle predicaments posted online, featuring fruity dilemmas from "Am I the Asshole" on Reddit
3: to "Am I Being Unreasonable" quandaries on Mumsnet.
1: Join me, Priya Hall,
3: me, Robin Morgan,
1: and me, Layla Navarbi. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Apple, or wherever Spotify. you get your podcasts.
3: Wherever.
1: Go on, give me. <laughs> I'm just
3: being like your hype you man. <laughs> <this next. laughs>
1: This new episode every Friday there must be something we can use <laughs>